Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. weekly podcast um it's me natalie wall and awkward sex in the city this episode we have a good friend of mine on sam corbin who's also a comedian and just like a really cool person um you can follow her at ahoy sam on all the socials for insta and facebook and twitter all that shit she also has a really cool show called the punch up at caveat it's monthly i think it's gonna be every third thursday now um and it's about puns so if you've ever been a fan of like punderdome or like you just love a good fucking pun like come to the show it's a lot of fun I've been it's really interesting like a very smart funny show a lot of what we talk about today I think is like really interesting we don't always talk about on the podcast which is about like setting boundaries and setting boundaries for ourselves personally and in within relationships and within the world and like what that means and what it looks like and why sometimes it can be really hard uh, to even like even start doing that even if you're aware that you need to and like what it may look like we still talk about awkward sex because of course there's boundaries to be set in sex for any relationship and it's just I don't know it's a really cool introspective episode and I like episodes like this where it's it's very personal on a, another type of level on top of the sex and I think you're gonna enjoy take a shoelace Put it around the penis and then go back and forth. You know how easy it is just to like accidentally go too hard and just like like decapitate this dick, you know? <laughs> I'm being like, absolutely not. Because it tends to be the guiding uh, goal I have in seeing someone mm-hmm. is like, just let me like ruin their dick and then they'll be, be in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. I, great. I will tell you a story. Yay. Okay. Yeah. So... I was studying abroad in college um, in Tel Aviv, and um, there was a guy there who was like the cool guy, and he knew people, um, like friends would come visit him. None of us had cool friends who would just like drop into Tel Aviv, but he had Uh this friend come visit him. And I was like truly just newly in my sexual prime, just feeling like I can seduce people. (laughs) Oh, also in Israel, like you're hot. Like everyone wants to marry you, you know? Oh, right, right, right. I've heard that. I truly went on more dates in Israel than I had like collectively in my life before that. Um, Oh my God. Yeah, I went on at least a dozen dates. Uh, Yeah, it was a lot. Um, But this guy was from either Canada or the States. um, And uh, he came to visit. And I remember just being like, all right, what a babe. Like he came out with us one (laughs) night. and, you know, we were drinking pretty heavily every night. And so we went out and I was like, I'm going to seduce this man. This is my goal for the night. And um, I remember we went from bar to bar and it was like a very romantic night because like we started at this outdoor bar. We suddenly ended up at this like jazz club. Mm. You know, we we're holding hands in the cab home. Aww. I was like, this is on. Um, and so we go down and we were all staying in a hostel. And we go down to this like playroom in the basement, mm-hmm. which is like what you, you know, the the hostel living room was also like equal parts bomb shelter, you know, collect like communal space and like had children's toys everywhere. Very weird place to get 
you know a hand job get it down (laughs) I just said get it down you can tell I Ah. feel so good about this and um (laughs) and so it was like pitch black um and we're and we are like we had had a talk with like the RA who was just like you know there are two like there are things in the cupboard if you are choosing to have sex like just go into the cupboard we have safe sex materials I love that the condoms were in the cupboard like oh my god so I go into the cupboard and this guy's like naked and I'm naked and I'm like let me go find a condom and I go to the cupboard and I open it and I pull out like a square you know a little square and um, I bring it over and he's like do you want to put it on I'm like yeah I'll put it on and I rip it open and something just (laughs) splooches everywhere (laughs) it's not a condom it's like a square package of lube. Yeah. Like, but in I've never experienced this before in my life. It's literally just a square of lube. And it turns out there were no condoms <laughs> in the vicinity or it was too dark to see them. And so we had lube everywhere. Like it was just like all over me, all over him. And I was like, well... I'm not going to have sex without a condom. So do you want a hand job? And he's like, okay. Um, then we never saw each other again. Um, but you were saying the hand job was shitty. Was it because it was in like... It was like the 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 second prize. Can I tell you, I've never given a good hand job in my life. I don't think anyone does. This except is a point to of themselves. anxiety for me generally. I just like I when when dudes say they're like into that, I'm just like, well, this isn't going to go well for you because mm-hmm. I have I have such a complex about it. I'm like, how do you get like how do you get it any part of you wet enough to get to give a hand like mm-hmm. it just. Never goes well. I gave so many dry hand jobs without realizing <laughs> that it wasn't okay. How do you, I'm I'm asking this genuinely. How do you even progress? Like when I when I first am like this is too dry. I can't even I can't do anything and I don't want to like cause uh-huh. discomfort. So I just give up. I'm like no. no. Have you ever like spit in your hand? I've tried, but it just dries. It's it's not a good lubricant. I think I'm also not a sexy spitter. Like, have you ever seen porn? Like, porn. Have you ever seen porn where the lady just like spits in her hand and you're like, oh, that's hot. When I do it, there's just like trails of like dribble, and I'm like trying to hide it. I'm not just saying this to make you feel better. There's, in my opinion, no such thing as a sexy spitter. (laughs) I swear it's possible. It's possible. Maybe it's maybe it's the the boobs that like help it. Maybe it's an acquired taste. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I never felt comfortable spitting unless I was like in like a I don't know like I guess like a relationship like it's like we've we've done stupid not stupid yeah. stuff but like we've we've fumbled in front of each other a yeah. lot already yeah yeah I mean so, I mean I read a lot of Cosmo uh in these days like just to try <laughs> to figure it out I love I love that there's a magazine where it's like how to do sex better like I'm like thank <laughs> fucking god because I it just gets so like you know when you're first doing that stuff you're so nervous about it but Cosmo was always horrifying because it was always like let's do sex better at like doctorate level right like I'll never forget one of it was like take a shoelace put it around the penis and then go back and forth you know how easy it is just to like accidentally go too hard <laughs> and just like like decapitate this dick you know <laughs> I remember being like absolutely not like absolutely not Cosmo like that is way too far I don't have like the hand-eyed coordination for yeah. something like that. Yeah, I've never done something that adventurous. And I've also learned, I was also very afraid of blowjobs for a very, very long time. I would not get my first blowjob until I was like 23 in New York City. Good for you. Um, yeah, it's kind of now that I think about it, I'm like, I have like me. a fucking terrible first boyfriend who oh, I hope he doesn't listen to this. It's fine. He's moved on. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but like the reason that it was terrible is because the he he 
like passive aggressively made me give him a blowjob after we'd broken up. Oh fuck him. Yeah, it was really bad and I like cried through it because I because also he just like the girth was not comfortable. Like I I don't really have a strong gag reflex, but for that I really could not handle and I did not like for me blowjobs are like sexy foreplay, but I don't want to finish someone off. Like I would rather yeah. it start there and then end in sex cuz that's sexier to me. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about like any favors. You know, if guy goes down on me, like it feels great, but I also want to like mm-hmm. get into it. Yeah. Um but I like, you know, the the saying like swallow or spit. I was just like neither. Like I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up coming in my mouth and I like just was crying because I didn't know what to do with this like thing in my mouth. I was like, oh, like I was making a game time decision. The whole thing was so unpleasant. And like he really did not have sympathy for me crying about doing this. And I feel like when I look back, I'm like, was that assault? <laughs> like that honestly, was fucked up. Honestly, yeah. Like it does feel like you didn't want to do it. And he I told him I didn't want to do it. And he was just like, well, you did break up with me. You know what I mean? Like the guilting thing. I'm like, fuck you. I know. I know. It's, fuck this guy. I know. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. It's fine. I lost my virginity to him and nothing else. So, you know, and that's, I, you just get so mad because we aren't, when we're young, we aren't given the tools to say, to learn how to say no. I feel yeah. like, like, I feel like I didn't learn how to say no until probably my, my late twenties or thirties and not just like sex wise, but just like in general to be yeah. like, no, I actually don't want to go to the movies with you right now. Cause I'm tired or like, no, I don't want right. to do this extra work that you're not paying me for. Like, right. Or like, no, I don't want to give you a blowjob. I literally broke up with you because I want to give you no more blowjobs. Yeah. Yeah. I find it incredibly hard. I'm still, I'm still a person who likes to placate and I'm still a person who likes to please. And same, like I, it's a con when people, when I learned how to say no, I also learned that it's just a constant struggle. It's never yeah. like easy. Yeah, I have a very awkward story about pleasing people. This yes. is like this is like something that I said that I was like, I realize how this sounds, but I just it just came out. So um, I was dating a guy earlier this year actually, and um, uh, well, I mean now now I'm terrified he's gonna listen to this. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I was dating a guy earlier this year, and we were in bed, and like. I, you know, I really like to make people feel good in bed. Like, I think that's hot. Like, you yeah, don't want them to make me feel good. It's like the whole thing. So I like asking what they want and things like that. And, um, and something about, he was, I was asking if he like wanted me to go down on him and he was just like, oh, you don't have to. And I like started to, and he's like, you really don't have to if you don't want to, because he's just like obsessed with consent, which is like sexy, but also in bed. I'm just like, I'm telling you, I want to do this to make you happy. And I'm telling you, like, I'm putting you first in this situation. Mm-hmm. So I'll stop when I want to stop. Mm-hmm. And I what came out was like, instead of saying like, I want to please you, I said something like, I like to please people. Just like, <laughs> saying that was like so awkward. Because then he was like, that's such a fucked up thing to say in bed. And I was like, I'm sorry. I, it just came out like, I. what I mean was, I mean, it's true. What I was saying is like, generally I do like to please people and in this situation this is case in point but it did it came out as like a weird like I do this for anyone who asks because I like to please people (laughs) I think I'm still learning this but I think learning how to be awkward in bed and like get past it sorry is so important and I and I haven't come to terms with things that I do in bed that are like just embarrassing and then laughing about it and moving on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, just kill me now. You know, like, mm-hmm. how do I, like, I, I think the foundation of a good relationship is knowing you both have quirks and like whatever and, and just enjoying yeah. the experience of figuring it out. 
But if I ever do something, like, God forbid, I fart during sex, I just, like, I lose <laughs> my fucking shit. I'm just like, oh, just put me in the ground. I don't want to do just this anymore. Well, I do think that just comes with a sense of, like, comfort and intimacy, too. Like, it definitely, it took a long time for me and Aaron to get there, you mm-hmm. know? And so now, sure, it, one of us can fart or, like, you trip over each other when you're trying to move positions. Right. Or, like, it's never sexy when you're trying to go from, like, um, missionary to, like, reverse cowgirl. Like, there's no way. There's no right. way to look sexy if you do, like, 69. There's just no way. You're going to yeah. look awkward. Yeah. Things smell. There's a lot of wetness. But I I think it's totally fair to want to feel, like, sexy and in control. Yeah. And confident with someone that's new. Like, of yeah. course. Well, I think there's always, I mean, there's, like, the first blush of new romance where mm-hmm. it's, like, nothing really goes. I mean, if it's bad sex, it's bad sex. But mm-hmm. if it's good, it's, like, even sillier you know Mm -hmm. just like you can enjoy those moments but I do think it's and I mean this is not a therapy session it's a podcast recording but one of the things (laughs) I'm trying to figure out is like do I ever get past that do I ever get past the complex about needing to Mm. feel sexy and is that a barrier to actually getting to know somebody that I can't get past this like conquest attitude I have about being the best in bed because it tends to be the guiding uh goal I have in seeing someone Mm -hmm. is like just let me like ruin their dick and then they'll be, be in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, how what's what's your longest relationship like clocking? Um thing like in that I called them my boyfriend. Yeah. Uh 3 months and oh, okay. it was my long distance freshman of college boyfriend <laughs> who made me give him a blowjob when I was crying. Like this guy. So, I mean, I've been in confusing situations where someone wouldn't let me say we're dating for about four and a half months. But, I, you know. I, I do remember this. Yeah, um well. Mm. Yeah, three months is my my breaker mark. I don't know what happens. I mean, it's interesting. I've never wanted to be like, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be the best in bed. Because there's something cool about being the person like they always remember like, oh, like Sam was the best I've ever had. Like, yeah, that's just, kind of cool. I, I want to ruin them. That's, is that bad? Is that vindictive? Dick. I once said, I once um, slept with a guy that I had like already called things off with. And I was, and I still think about this because I'm like, was it mean to say that after a month of not sleeping together, I went home with him and I, while we were having sex, I was like, did you miss fucking me? Like in a really mean way to be like, fuck you, you definitely missed it. And I really hope my parents don't listen to this. I'm not posting this on Twitter. I love this. I talk like that in se- like during sex. Like I think that's hot to be like, did you miss it? Did you yeah. miss like this pussy? Well, it's like me being like, fuck you. You broke my heart and now I bet, and now I'm giving you the thing that I know I'm good at. So like, did you miss mm. it? You little bitch <laughs> i don't say that you know clearly in like in the daylight i can't say things like that but you know but that's also one of the greatest things about sex though like i love being called a slut or a whore during sex say that to me during the daylight like in like in real time no go fuck yourself but yeah in the moment i'm like this is the hottest thing in the world like this will push me over the edge to come like, yeah your sexual fantasies are just so different than what's happening in real life and i mean I, I feel very young in that too. Like it, I feel like I can remember the first time I like asked someone to bite me and it wasn't that long ago. You know, mm-hmm. it was maybe like four or five years ago. Well, you're young. You're I know. 27? I know. But like other people know what they want at 27. You know, I I'm didn't. look back at this and be like, wow, that asshole. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, like I think this is a very huge generalization, but I think a lot of times women have a more fucked up a relationship with sex early on mm-hmm. because we're taught that we actually aren't horny. And then Rebecca talked about this last week of like, um, in her, she talks about it in her book too. Um, good things happen to people you hate. You should buy it. Um, 
She talks about how she was so fucking horny as a child, but didn't know where the energy to, to put right. that energy because a lot of us are told that women, girls don't get horny. Like that's not us. It's boys will be boys. So first you have that, right? So it's like you're really horny. You don't know what to do. Then your first relationship is usually with a piece of shit because they're not taught how to be a person to people, let alone someone that they're intimate with, mm-hmm. quote unquote, whatever that means at whatever age. So then you're like, well, but I want to S this D or I want to, you know, suck this clit or like D and V or like things in my vagina. Mm-hmm. But it's now associated with a person that you don't really like and you don't like how they're treating you, but you haven't been taught how to really say no because you don't really know what you want. So long story short, I didn't figure out what I wanted just sexually and relationship wise after it wasn't until after an emotionally abusive relationship Mm -hmm. where I used sex for intimacy to keep him with me as closely as I could. uh, While he definitely wanted to be with someone that he would later marry, um, which is whatever it's good for them but it wasn't until after that and then i went on what i call a year of dick and just was like fucking everything that i could figure out literally what i wanted sexually mm-hmm. and then what i wanted like in a person mm-hmm. so i literally had to take a full moment to be like this is like there's like an i'm looking for an outcome i'm looking for actual yeah. answers not just like having sex to have sex is there a good name for that like a gap year but for sex yeah um i bobby has the best one he has for his joke he calls it a sexual walkabout oh right right there's a good pun word in there i'll think about it i'll think about it and i'll come up with it maybe yeah um yeah it's interesting i actually and i and i think Part of it, part of the reason I certainly have trouble is that there are things that I thought that I wanted because they felt like a form of sexual awakening. And then with a new partner, I don't want those things mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh, actually, this feels good without this thing. Or like, you know, in one relationship or relationship, again, longest relationship, three months. Um, in one situation, uh, I I like loved being choked. And then I thought I would want it in the, with the next partner. I was like, actually, I really like how gentle this is. Yeah. So discovering that you can like, uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to say the word body of work, uh, <laughs> but it's more like the work of the body. Like it's like that you can have chapters in your sexual life yeah. and not be the same and not be like, this is what I like and therefore this is what I must want or seek out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that whole conversation is like ongoing and flexible and a journey of its own. Yeah. I'm still having, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're still having it. So you're still learning. You're still yeah. learning that like, and even with that person where the, the sex was gentle, you may later be like, oh, I also now want you to choke me. Yeah. Because choking is very intimate, too. It's just, And it's a lot of trust involved in it. So it could have been like maybe you weren't 100% sure you're ready for that type of step with that person right away. Yeah. And that yeah. also the sex that you were having was good. Like, yeah. As I still is. I still think about this um, girl I visited, a good friend of mine who lives in San Francisco. And I forget how old I was. Uh, 2014. So however many. And um, we were sitting there talking. She'd been with this guy for years. She's now getting married to him. And um, she was saying like a huge part of our sexual growth was just like turning the lights on and having like an unsexy conversation about what we want in bed. Mm-hmm. You know, like not trying to like figure it out on the job, no mm-hmm. pun intended. Um, so uh, I feel I feel that too, that like one of the obstacles to thinking about yourself as a purely sexual being is like, you should be able to talk these, about these things in the light of day, mm-hmm. in a not like put your hand there kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels like a foundational experience in a relationship, again, not familiar to me. I never heard yeah. of it. And it won't be at first. And then you'll be like, oh, okay, this is this is it. 
Like, well, you know, check back in with me when I've had a relationship longer than three months. Because <laughs> is it going to happen? Unclear. It definitely is. You're too cool. You're too cool. And you know, you. I think you know more of what you want than you realize. Because I always hate when people say, um, you have to love yourself before you can love someone else. I don't mm-hmm. think that's true. I think you just need to know what you want before you can be in a relationship. Because who out of... Who among us actually truly loves everything about themselves, you know? We don't. We don't. So to say shit like that is really demeaning and, like, demoralizing and can put people in this, like, terrible cycle of just, like, oh, but I don't love myself, so I definitely don't deserve love or, yeah. like, or sex. And it's just, like, we got to change some of these, like, yeah. phrases that we use or, like, how we're saying it. I will say that when I look back at men I've dated – um, in times that I was really insecure about myself, the the breakup or the nature of our partnership is like very reflective of how I felt about myself. Ah. So like when this one guy that I dated in, I think 2015, dumped me, I was like, I could not get off the floor. And it's not because I was in love with him. It was because I literally had not known who I was. Mm-hmm. And my definition of dating this guy who was like, you know, artistic and poetic was to just like let him into all the spaces that I was still figuring out. Yeah. So when he left, I was just like, oh shit, I don't know who I am at all. Yeah. I had to build it up from scratch. You yeah. Know? And the guy that I dated who was a comedian, it's just like, I was insecure and trying to figure out comedy and like idolizing this person when that's not my story at all. And so the idea of feeling so broken by this person has, I think, I think heartbreak is real, but it's like looking back, was I in love with him? No. I was putting him on a pedestal along with this sense of, you know, wholeness that I felt I didn't have. So I think that's, yeah. Yeah, and it's a bit, that's actually a big reason why I tell people to not date comedians because not because they have their own shit they need to figure out. Myself included, like I'm a comedian, I have my shit that I need to figure out. But we have this habit because I've done I did the same exact thing to someone where I put them on a pedestal. They were higher up the ranks than I was, and we had this like fucking relationship for a, a good amount of time, mm-hmm. not realizing that. I was doing everything that you were just saying. Like, I just wasn't paying attention to, like, my needs. And I was still confused, like, of my space. I'm still confused of, like, where is my space in the comedy community of New York City? And for the most part, it's just like, oh, I'm not in the space, but I, like, do comedy at this point. Or the guy that, um, the um, the dude that I had to take the sexual, as Bobby says, the sexual walkabout afterwards, like, same thing. It just, like, put him on a pedestal, wasn't aware of it, did not know who I fully was, and then had to start from scratch. And that is debilitating when you're like, cause you don't realize, you think it's because of this person, but it's more of just like where you are in your life that you're using it as a void almost. And so it, you think it's because of this person when really mm-hmm. it's just something else, but it's just so debilitating that you're like, oh, how could I have been so weak? Or how could I have been so X, Y, and Z? Well, that's really not what it is. Yeah. And it takes time to get to that spot when you're like, oh, that's not what this was. Yeah. I think I think we are lucky women in that we live in New York City and we happen to be extremely cool. And like now, whenever I get into a new thing with a guy, I literally comfort myself by being like, Sam, you're fucking cool. <laughs> like, like this is the thing you have. And a good a good example of that is that this guy, he's like this this like one Tinder date I went on in 2000 and. 15 um like it was like a morning coffee date and I was like this guy seems cool I tried to hit him up again and he like you know didn't want to hang out again and then I ran into him about 
a year ago to party and I, I was like, I'm not missing out. I don't know. Uh, he w- liked the Balkan music on stage, which was my sign to leave. And, um, <laughs> and then he's now like back in my DMs. But I was thinking like, you don't get this chance. Like yeah. you missed how co- I was that cool back then. I'm this cool now. And he had messaged me being like, where are the cool Halloween parties tonight? And I was like, no, go figure it out your fucking self. Yes, I do know where all the good parties in New yeah. York are now because that's my community. But you got to be, you know, you like if you treat me like trash, like you're trash. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you don't get this. Respect goes a long way. Self-respect, it's- not to shill for self-respect. I mean, I have to shill for self-respect, but I'm telling you, I did not have it until therapy. And now that I have it, I'm like, nobody gets to take this away from me. Mm-hmm. And that's my and that's my ultimate thing of like I mean I haven't since since feeling like a sense of security in who I am I felt like I'm protecting myself a lot better when I date but now it's the figuring out how to let someone in Mm -hmm. because I'm so afraid of losing that sense of self that's become so strong yeah and that's why I think I might have again not a therapy session podcast report recording but um why I think maybe I haven't progressed into a relationship with somebody since well, we we are very similar in a lot of ways in the way that we think. Um, uh, we both overanalyze like crazy. Yep. But that makes us very good comedians because we overanalyze like crazy. And we can see the humor in a lot of different things because we're looking at it differently. But same thing. I had the same issue. I didn't go to therapy until after Aaron, but got my self-confidence, then immediately met Aaron. And like actually like for a moment, it was like, I'm not, this isn't the time to date for me. And then Aaron's amazing. Four and a half years later, it was great. The right choice. But I was afraid of that, too, of like losing the self that I refound. And I actually did lose her for a second. But I was in such a better spot that I was just like, oh, actually, I need I put up boundaries for us. I was like, I actually need to be home like three times or four times a week. I don't need like because I was always at their place at Eric and um, Aaron's place. And that was becoming too much. And it was becoming too much around like his world a little bit. And so because you realize that you need it and you don't want to lose it when you do you immediately snap back and you're like I've already done this I've already put the boundaries back in I can do this again and with with a person who loves you and respects you and wants to have you flourish like not take care of you but have you grow independently it won't be a problem at all yeah yeah and I, I have to say I was talking to our friend Tim about um about dating in general and he said something that I feel like is so it like tracing it back to all the situations Mm -hmm. I've had in the past few years I'm like this is true that when you meet someone who is maybe like not right for you there's a period of trying very hard or or actually without even thinking glossing over any incompatibilities as Mm -hmm. long as they're not red flags I mean in some cases I should have seen red flags but like at the beginning you think oh this this person doesn't do this thing that I value oh they are you know but I just they're not red flags so why not like who's to say this person couldn't be right for me I should be open-minded and then after I don't know a month or so of hanging out and Mm -hmm. doing it their way or like not addressing those things they actually start to become bigger issues Mm -hmm. so you reach a point where you're tired of putting you know sleeping in someone else's place all the time or like taking ubers instead of the subway or you know not eating breakfast like I love a breakfast salad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who would have thought this podcast would go here? Um, I love eating salads for breakfast. And the thing I thought recently is like, this is not a sexy activity. I sit and I eat a salad for fucking breakfast with my cat next to me. But like any partner that I'm going to be with has to like find that 
not like charming, but like has to accept that as part yeah. of my personality. And I'm not just going to get bagels and coffee at 12 p.m. every day after waking up from a night of sex. Yeah. You know? Also, not I don't want to shit on bagels. I mean, like there is <laughs> nothing like a post-sex bagel in the morning. Ugh. When you're hungover and it just, and the cream cheese hits, like, wow. <laughs> but I will say doing that for months at a time, you start to be like, well, this isn't my routine. This mm -hmm. is like, this is a fun thing that I associate with like a fun night. Mm -hmm. But now we're getting into this, like, let's get serious territory. I'm gonna have a salad. Yeah. And sometimes that's just what growth is like within yeah. a relationship. It's not like, oh, now we do how the other way wants to do it. It's like, oh, we just do it our separate ways. Yeah. But And the question is when, when you do it your separate ways, does that pull you apart or bring you together? You know? Dating in your 20s is so fucking hard, I feel like. Because your 20s, I think, when you break it down, your 20s is like when you're supposed to be figuring out yourself. Yeah. Instead of bring in another person. But you want to bring in another person because people are fun and sex is great. It can be so intense and so overwhelming yeah and then in your 20s you also think like this is the time for career when really that's probably like your 30s or at, at in millennials it's probably like our 40s at this point and now I'm very okay well that's not true I was like now I'm very okay with it I definitely had a breakdown earlier this week where I was just like what am I doing like am I ever gonna make it I've been very doubtful this year but it's like you know you get you get in those cycles it's just life is just cycles of just <laughs> emotional boundaries and good sex your menstrual cycle and your menstrual your cycle cycle just cycles and it's just learning how to ride that wave man yeah. and a lot of pot. I mean I'm newly freelance and I one of the things that I I was thinking about this on the way to the recording that like I love nothing more than the beginning of a romance like that is like my breakfast emotional uh -huh. breakfast it's like when you are looking for reasons to text each other when you know that uh -huh. they're thinking about you when they act so like ugh, ugh. but uh I was gonna say well it's gone uh, oh, oh, being in my 20s and newly freelance. Um, so I'm newly freelance and um, I was thinking like, is this a situation where um, I want to be like with a guy and kind of like having a, a one pie slice of my brain, pie chart of my brain dedicated to thinking he's going to text or like expecting a text. Mm -hmm. I don't agonize over this anymore. I'm in a much better place. But like, is it something I want to divide my attention for if mm -hmm. it's not going to be a relationship? And I think right now the answer is no. Mm -hmm. I'm not really interested in like a fuckboy thing. I think when I was busy and like out there, it felt good to just like dabble. And now I'm like, mm, I could just be on my own. Yeah. I have two vibrators. Like I will be fine. Yeah. I, uh, I need a lot of texting in a relationship. And so definitely had people in the past that just wouldn't text me even when I was like vocal about it. And the example I always use, because you should never, I don't think people should ever have to have a set type of um, a part of their brain where they're worrying of what the other person is going to do for them. I think that is a, a huge sign of like, this isn't working. They're not listening to your needs. And my example I always use is my friend Angela loves, loves, loves texting and was like the guy that she started dating just like wasn't texting back. And she finally was just like, I need like a hundred texts a day. That is what I need. Wow. And then he changed his cell phone plan. And they're getting married actually this what weekend. What the fuck? Yeah. People who realize that you're worth it are willing to do the work for you. I'm going to cry. That's so beautiful. And that I think is what people are not taught right away. And that is what we should all be taught. 
Yeah. Well, I think coming from our girlfriends, it's it can be um, kind of just what what whatever the phrase is. It's like you say it, but it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Where it's like if he doesn't want to give you what you deserve and need, he's not worth it. And you're like, but what if he is? You know, like you're like you. You're, it's it's like painful and I and I I hear myself giving that advice to friends I'm like Sam like I mean it but I Mm -hmm. know that it's impossible to hear when you don't want to hear it yeah when you don't hear it of course and so so I'm I'm still learning how to like ask for what I want Uh uh-huh I don't know if that's 100 texts a day or if it's 50 texts a day yeah um you know and like I just don't fucking know and this goes back to loving to please people because I have shaped my definition of being happy around what makes other people happy for so Mm -hmm. long that I, it's it's very hard for me to just say here's what I want and if you can't meet the needs no yeah um and and I look at friends of mine who are better at asking for what they want and are they in longer term relationships yes but I still have like a stigma about it where I'm like seems like you're asking for a lot <laughs> uh, you want to be called instead of texted wow you know it's like what the fuck is wrong with me what yeah I was gonna say what feels like asking for a lot for you literally I had the, I'm like what if I asked to call like I like being called I like being called by my friends I've never had a guy who just called me to say hey yeah what the fuck maybe I want that yeah I'll ask it kind of sounds like you do I know but I haven't tried um that's something I want I don't know I mean I definitely want a guy who like invites me to stuff and makes plans like yes I'm I yes do I have plans almost every night of the week yes it's my social life whatever and I will I will bring somebody into that I'm not afraid to bring someone into my social circles when I feel like they don't bring me into theirs or like when I'm not a thought in the plan for the night even if the plan is like going to something they don't think I'd have interest in I'm just like invite me to stuff like if I if I don't want to go I'll say no if I can't go I'll say no but if I if there's an absence of that and it's slowly dawns on me that I'm the one who's been making the effort to bring this person in. Yeah. It gives me a complex because I'm like, well, you're not trying to bring me into your life so you clearly don't see this going anywhere, you know? Well, and like, it could very well be that. you. No one ever wants to feel like a second thought in a relationship. Yeah. And that's what I feel like it boils down to for that. So I yeah. don't think you're asking too much for that. You literally just want to be... I mean, that's what a relationship is, you know? It's like mm-hmm. that you're... It's potentially your person for the rest of your life so if straight out the gate they're not acting like they are even intrigued by the idea of uh i know it's like we treat it like we treat it like trying to catch a butterfly where we're like if i stand perfectly still maybe it will land on me and then as i walk it will not fly away it's like that should not be the metaphor for romance but it's mine oh my god no i have the perfect metaphor for you okay (laughs) me and aaron went to the museum of natural history like two years ago because they had a butterfly exhibit where you could go inside and there was like thousands of butterflies and that if you wait long enough they do come on you not come on you like just on you they <laughs> wow, will like sexy they'll yeah. sit on you but or land on you so we go in we're super excited there's a thousand kids in there too and they'd be like oh i wanted to i wanted to land on me i wanted to land on me and the moment it landed on them anywhere they just burst into tears and we're like get it off oh my God. and that kind of reminds me of you right now where you're just like i want this but then the moment I have it, I freak out. Like, <laughs> and I think that's the perfect metaphor of just like you want this like this idea of a thing, but the moment you experience it, you almost have like a freak out because it's just so foreign. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, 
speaking of butterflies, because this is clearly a strong <laughs> metaphor, a, a better metaphor would be uh, I was I was at my my cabin up in northern Ontario um, this past uh, fall with some friends, and I was paddle boating with with Tim, and we're we're in the middle of the lake, and we see this beautiful butterfly that's circling around us, and Tim just looks up at the sky and yells at it, "Take a break!" Like inviting it to land on the paddle boat by saying, "Aren't you tired? Never landing somewhere." <laughs> And I feel like that's the attitude I need to go into romance with in 2020. It's like, if I meet somebody who's like, you know, dancing around, I just need to be straightforward and be like, hey, do you realize what you're doing? Maybe take a break, you know? Yeah. Maybe consider this. If you you can't see this, but I just gestured to my body on which I'm wearing mom jeans and a sweater. And what any man very in style of. with red lipstick and like cool curly hair. Like it's a very good look. It's a, almost 11 a.m. Like I'm in yoga pants and a shirt from Forever 21 that has holes in it. So yes, like Sam looks great. She's like underplaying it. Just picture it. Just picture it. Um, but yeah, like I love that. And I love that you love dating like in the beginning because the, I always hated the first like three months. It's just holding in farts. I've... The sex is always like mediocre because I'm still a little too nervous to be seen naked or like, you know, flop around because it is awkward. And I just like flop around in sex. Like that's how I have sex. I just flop. Um, I don't like talking about myself at all. Um, like even the podcast can be a struggle because obviously I have to give while like I have to give as my like guests like give so they don't feel like it's one sided but so the first three months, like the first, like, I think three or four dates with Aaron, I literally just asked him questions about himself. And anytime he tried to ask me something, I deflected and brought it back to him. Wow. Yeah. And it's usually like, even in like, not even relationships and friendships, I have to hang out with a person like a hundred hours. I feel like before I'm like, oh, now you can see me. Yeah. It's weird. It's a lot of stuff. Like I have a lot of boundaries set up in a lot of different ways for like stuff that happened in the past. And so the idea of having like first dates or like a Tinder coffee date, I'm just like, absolutely not. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. This is the worst. Yeah. The apps for me. I mean, I spent like I, I did like an OK Cupid guy back in like 2013. I had like a Tinder guy back in 2014. And then I truly just like freed myself. Mm -hmm. The <laughs> this is an awkward sex story. Um, in 2017, yes. I moved in alone. Bless. I fucking love my apartment. And I just had this image of like being that girl from um, Big Comfy Couch doing the clock routine, but for sex, just like lying on my <laughs> giant ass rug being like, come in. Um, but the first night I moved in alone, all I had was an air mattress on the floor. Um, you know, I just like I didn't know where my life was going, but I just felt completely empowered by this like space. Yeah. And I said, you know what I could do right now? Because I live alone. I could go on Tinder, find a guy and just like bring him over and fuck him in this empty house. Also, I was on my period. So um, <laughs> so I go. I mean, there was nothing to stain. Um, so I go to this bar that's like on, I set up a date with this guy who's like reasonably cute. He lives. Uh, there's a bar on my block that's like truly two blocks away. And I think. What, this is power like I will just talk to this guy get through the you know thing be like we okay we're both here for the same reason and go home and um that's kind of what happened he was like an artist living in Fort Greene came in overalls obviously um and uh um you know two hours in I think I literally I've never been this confident I just like put my hand on his leg and was like so this happening <laughs> you know uh, you know I was having a time that's so hot yeah and so we walked back to my place um and we literally like cannot imagine how devastated he must have been to see that there's like an air mattress and suitcase <laughs> on the floor and I was like this is it bitch um and then you know we started hooking up and I realized like I didn't really feel like 
having sex on my period. I like I like put it out as an option, but I was like, eh, do we need to? And we were like, you know, making out. And I was just like, uh, I, I just want to let you know I'm on my period. So like, up to you. You know, I could go either way, um, which every man <laughs> wants to hear in bed. I could go either way. Um, but I think we ended up falling asleep. And then he woke up at like four in the morning um, and he was like, I'm going to go. And I said, great. Um, you know, he went out the door. We like kissed goodbye and he was like, see ya. And in the moment of see ya, I was like, not only will I never see ya, <laughs> I will never see this man again. There was this like mutual in the see ya. It contained all the emptiness of the world. Uh-huh. And I in that moment was like, I do not need this. And I deleted my apps. And I've never del- gotten them back. I mean, not to say that people haven't found like long-term partnerships yeah, on apps. Yeah. But for me, that was this moment of like, actually, this doesn't work for me and I don't yeah. need to try to make it work. Yeah. Um, I can look for fullness where I find it, which tends to be in these like moments of of like, yeah, burgeoning more than friendship. It's usually like an acquaintance. It's never a good friend that turns into something, but mm-hmm. it'll be like a friend of a friend. We met a couple times and now it's like turning into something and then it doesn't last more than three months. So yeah. <laughs> speaking of having your own apartment, um, it reminded me of that time we were at Callbox and <laughs> our two friends were like, hey, okay, so we're going to go home with you so we can have sex in here. The indignation. There is nothing tackier. I hope she's listening to this. There is nothing tackier than, first of all, they were on Molly. Um, yeah, there were uh, a lot of drugs on Molly. But, you know, to be to ask someone to be like, hey, we want to fuck somewhere. Can it be at your house mm-hmm. down the street? And I was like, absolutely not. First of all, you just told me you're going to fuck at my house. So, like, I already have concerns about the linen. Like, you know, and they were like, we'll, we'll go in, like, the bathroom. I'm like, yeah, I what? First of all, they were also proposing this, not as like a, can we borrow the keys, which would have been also a no, but it was like, everyone was proposing like an after party and they were like, could we just, like, we'll only come to the party if we can fuck at your house. Yeah. And I just thought, no. And they got really mad when I didn't let them. Yeah. I stand by it. That is a hill I will die on. No, I think a lot, I think almost everyone was like on your side. Everyone was just like, wait, what? Have you ever asked to fuck at someone's house? No. No. I've never. I'm trying to think if there's any circumstance where I would ask to do that. I would do it. I would be yeah. like well behaved and then disappear for a minute. Yeah, exactly. Like that that they they lost they should have been discreet. Yeah. Which is where like the Molly comes in. Like they were just like I think at the same time they were asking you, they were like playing with our friend's beard, like as they were asking like it was like just like a yeah. jumble of like people like in yeah. this like circle. Yeah. A lot was happening. Um, I'm the only one who gets to fuck at my house. Yeah, because it's your house. Uh, yeah, it is my house. Uh, in the words of Diana Ross, it's my house and I live here. <laughs> How do you feel about period sex? Um, okay. I love, I love, like, one of the hottest things that's ever happened to me was when I was hooking up on my couch with this guy. Yes, it was a comedian. And um, and he, I, I think I told him that I had my period Mm -hmm. as he was about to go down on me. He literally looked up at me and he was like, does it look like I give a shit? And then (laughs) ate me out and I was like, this is the hottest thing in the world. That's amazing. So like, I love a guy who like is used to it and is just like gonna go for it because like what, you know, I mean, getting eaten out on your period is a a mood. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like that's, that's a, that's a big decision. I feel like having sex on your period, like whatever it's, they're basically just signing up for like a little extra lube and a couple stains and probably a shower afterwards, you know, but like going down on a girl while she has her period is commitment. And I, I stand. What is it called in urban dictionary? It's getting your red wing. (gasps) 
Because you, you get like wow, yeah, wow, yeah. I love it. But yeah, um, I, I have no qualms about it. I love that. Yeah, periods are weird. Um, I haven't gotten one in uh, period sex. It's not. It's not weird, but I have a weird relationship with it. I haven't gotten my period in a little while because I have the IUD. So like, I'll see like I'll see like driblets, it's, which is great. Love it. Highly re- recommend. It is awful. Is it the arm one? No, no, it's not the arm one. It's it's the it's like the cross in your uterus. Oh yeah, okay. Not to brag, but um, my um, gyno told me that my uterus was too small for Shut the proper IUD, and I was flattered. I don't know why. <laughs> That's how fucked up women's body image is. I was like, are you like, saying I'm too small for this like it. tiny copper tea? Wait, um, are <laughs> are some sex positions hurt? Do they hurt you then? Um. Yes, if I ride a guy's dick directly up down, it mm, feels mm-hmm. like it will suddenly hit, and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it it creates for for very like I I mean, one of the best things about sex is like just like moving around a little, like navigating it. Mm-hmm. But after I after I don't know why I'm saying this. Like this is like very obvious, but it's just like after a night of good sex, all I want to do is talk about it. All yeah. I want to do is like talk to everyone, and just be like. Did you know it can be amazing? <laughs> even though I've like, <laughs> even though, even though I've like had really good sex multiple times, like every time I have really fucking amazing sex, it feels like it's the best it's ever been. Yeah. And I think that is the beautiful thing. It's not like, I mean, I think that's the same thing about food, you know? Like it's kind of just what's most recent in your memory, but it basically the reason it feels the best it's ever been is because you're bringing every part of yourself, including the story about the best sex you think you've ever had yeah. to this moment. Yeah. And it feels like you're creating this like new, you're like filming over the tape on your recorder, you know? Yeah. You're just like creating a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love good sex. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, good sex is great, man. Love it. Um, one time, this was also a comedian. It's the first time me and this comedian hooked up. And I had definitely uh, put him on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to his place. And he's like, I don't want to say like well-known, but he's definitely like established. And so I went into his apartment. One, he had a roommate. And I was like, oh, okay. And then we went into his room. Like he had like a very big part of the um, of the apartment. And so it was just like crap ton of books which I was like that's cool this is so many books I love that like you're an intellectual um that's like his whole thing but then his bed was a mattress and I was just like you are in your mm-hmm. mid fucking 30s like mm-hmm. you should have a fucking bed frame even like the fucking metal one they give you but I was on my period but we had kept going back and forth like flirting wise so I was like in Connecticut while this, this was happening so I was like no I'm cool with this and so I was like we're making out and I was like I'm on my period and he's like okay he's like do you want to stop or like you know I can always like you know put a towel down and I was like to me that was like the hottest thing in the world I was like that it wasn't gonna stop him but I was like okay cool so I was like let me just go to the bathroom real quick go to the bathroom take out the tampon um and like flush it in his I know <laughs> and it was like a very heavy flow and I flush it in his um toilet but it left like blood all on like the toilet bowl uh-huh. and so I was like oh, I'll just clean this real quick he did not have any toilet bowl cleaner so i just took like shampoo and like put it in and honestly like, that's so resourceful but i must have taken a long time because next thing i know he's like knocking because i've like now flushed a few times and he's like are you okay and i was like yeah, yeah 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 yeah, it's fine it's fine it's fine but i don't think i fully got the blood off and then we had sex other things happen and <laughs> i had no extra tampons so i was just kind of like i think i'm gonna go and he was like well feel free to like go get tampons and then come back and I was like 
no I'm good <laughs> and so I left and like met my friend like at a at a dance party at beauty bar on 14th street and was just like bleeding everywhere I was like in a dress and I was just oh like God. I put like toilet paper like around like I probably wearing a thong around my thong was just like this is gonna work and there was just like blood like going all down my legs and I was like this is great and it was like literally the beginning of like my sexual walkabout um and I was just like this is great I got to leave I didn't have to stay I'm here with my friends I made these boundaries the sex was meh but I like wanted to like fuck this guy so badly because I like had a huge not even I knew about this person before I moved to New York City like I was just like obsessed with this person so I was like I can't believe I get to like fuck him um that that was it. That was like that's my main like period sex I've ever had. Cause I'm also I always have like white sheets, so I'm like, I don't want I yeah. don't want this on there. It's so hard to get like blood stains off a of white. No, and it's like they're not gonna wash your sheets. When a guy's over at your place and he wants to have sex and you're on your period, I'm like, Are you gonna do my laundry? Like mm-hmm. if I feel like having it, great. If I have the dark sheets on the bed, fine. But more times than not, and I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think that's my my general reservation about period sex is that, like, I've had it a couple times, but i got to be in the mood to ruin some linen. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be hot. It's got to be... It's got to be really fucking hot. And many times it is. Many times it is. Did you enjoy? Love it. Go rate and subscribe. Send me emails at awkwardsexinthecity at gmail.com. I would love to hear from the listeners. I'd love to start hearing some of your awkward sex stories. If you want them to be told, I wouldn't say your name or anything unless you wanted that. Um, Follow us on all the socials. And then the next Awkward Sex in the City uh, live show, which is different from the podcast where it's me and four comedians just, you know, telling hilarious stories. It's going to be December 13th at 8 p.m. at the Pleasure Chest. And I always love the, the December show because it's a it's a fun little party. And I usually do um, gift cards, like a raffle for gift cards for the pleasure chest. And so you get, you know, a nice little sexy present for yourself if you win. And it's a blast. Bye.